When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, with the 4th of July just a few short days away, I thought it might be appropriate for us tonight to look at what it means to be free. Later on this week, we will each celebrate in our own way the freedom we have as a result of living here in the United States. We will applaud the Founding Fathers and their wisdom in the Declaration of Independence where they state, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And thus was born the American dream, the American way of life over 200 years ago. Yet, in the midst of our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the sinner is left asking, is that all? The freedom found in the Declaration of Independence is good but it is incomplete in what it offers. It is a freedom guaranteed by man alone. It is, at times, failing to provide that which it promises. It comes up short. It leaves those of us acutely aware of humanity's sin, of our own sin and brokenness, wondering, is there nothing more? What about sin in the midst of all of this freedom? Where does that fit in? We were certainly not originally created to be sinners, yet here we are just the same. What does that give us the right to? Now, the answer we find in Scripture is not nearly as rosy a picture as that painted by the forefathers so long ago. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. It is condemnation. It is bondage to the way of the flesh and the world. What we have a right to is to be judged guilty before God and punished by His eternal wrath. But the story does not end here. 
unlike our forefathers who in their own imperfection created an imperfect solution to freedom, one that can and does fail from time to time, we find in the lessons today and indeed in the whole message of Scripture, a freedom which does not fail to secure that which it promises, a freedom found in Christ and His cross alone. As we look first at the Gospel passage this evening, we see Christ with His disciples as He turns His gaze towards Jerusalem. Now, Jesus is not simply hoping that he and the guys will get there and be able to get a few things done and have a good time. No, rather, with steadfast determination, he looks down the road to Calvary, a road which he knows encompasses rejection, humiliation, suffering, and death on the cross. And the gospel today Jesus knows what is waiting for him at the end of the road, yet he and his ministry enter the home stretch with eyes fixed on that which is to be accomplished in Jerusalem. But why? What can possibly come from rejection, humiliation, suffering, and death? What do these have to do with good news? Most people in their right mind would seem to think that these things waiting for them would indicate a need to turn in the opposite direction, to stay as far away from Jerusalem as possible. But we know that isn't why Christ took on human flesh, so that He could live an easy life and do as He pleased. That is the way of the flesh, which we each know only too well. No, Christ took on flesh So that in His perfect submission to the law, in His obedience to the Father's will, He might offer a new way to humanity, to you and to me. And that is the way of the cross. And the way of the cross is the way of perfect freedom. Paul tells us in Galatians today that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. For freedom that Christ has set us free. Now this freedom is not some version of civil liberties, nor is it the freedom to do whatever, whenever, wherever, or however we want. We can have each of these and still not have the freedom we find in Christ Jesus. Luther once said that Paul is speaking of a far better liberty The liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, not from material bonds, nor from the Babylonian captivity, not from the tyranny of the Turks, but from the eternal wrath of God. The freedom we find in Christ Jesus is freedom from that which we deserve most, that which we have a right to, the wrath of God. But this freedom which He offers us is not just a blank slate. It is not some get-out-of-jail-free card or a hall pass that we can stick in our back pocket and pull out the next time we want to do something. No, Paul instead encourages us, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. Our freedom allows us to love to serve one another. And it allows us to do so without expectation 
without exception, no strings attached. This love in action is not a form of self-righteousness or self-justification because it comes from the outworking of the grace and mercy bestowed on us from the cross. It is not something that we can do or add to its perfect and completed work. Instead, we love because we were first loved unconditionally. And then God's Word and His love working through us as vessels and conduits of His Holy Spirit grants us the grace to walk by the same Spirit and not the desires of the flesh. In this way, we manifest the fruit of the Spirit, but not by our own power, but by God's. Now, in closing, don't get me wrong. I am not speaking out against America or the freedoms which we enjoy. I thank God every day that we are blessed to live here. I am proud to be an American. But that being said, everything that America or any power on earth can offer is insignificant next to the love and freedom we have in Christ alone. The right to judgment and to wrath which is ours by nature, has been taken away because we who are in Christ have crucified the flesh so that we might walk in the Spirit. And being led by the Spirit, we are no longer under the law. Only in this way can we truly be free. Only in this way can we experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our lives. Only in the knowledge and love of God can we truly understand life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So as we go out from this place, as we celebrate this week, the freedoms which we enjoy as Americans... Let us rejoice all the more in the freedom which we have in the cross of Jesus Christ. For in Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Thanks be to God. Amen.